Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that close next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Sunday edition of the Anik and Florian podcast, pay-per-view week. It is Sunday, November 6th, 2022, episode 372 of the Anik and Florian podcast. Figured we'd fire this one out early for you because I'm getting anxious just prepping for UFC 281. I sat down and for... One of a handful of times in 11 years doing this job, maybe five times, I started from the back of the card and moved up, right? So I started my prep with Adesanya and Pereira, and it's literally making me nervous, filling out my fighter cards here as we sit, you know, a week out. It's it's a brilliant card, man. So many great fights. Uh, just really curious about that main event. It's something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. We're finally getting that fight. You're getting, you're getting both fighters in their prime, which is always uh, going to be a dandy. <clears throat> so Ray Longo coming up here in about 10 minutes and chances are UFC lightweight Matt, the steamroller frivola will crash the Ray Longo minute. He is fighting Otman Azaitar at UFC 281 here six days from now. Uh, we're going to get into Amanda Lemos, who had a huge weekend with the knockout of Marina Rodriguez in the UFC main event. But I do want to start just for a minute, even if you indulge me for two minutes here on Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira, because this is the biggest news in MMA. They will fight for the UFC's Undisputed Middleweight Championship at the Mecca this weekend. I watched both kickboxing matches between these two back this morning, and I said this to you in our little pre-show meeting, if you want to call it that. I don't know that there's much to glean from it, if I'm being honest. I mean... Especially on the Adesanya side, he looks like a, a totally different guy. I feel like there was a little bit more reckless abandon and a fearlessness that you're not going to see with four ounce gloves. I don't even know how worthwhile this film and this footage is when it comes to handicapping uh, these two fighters right now in their primes and 
in a mixed martial arts setting here for the UFC title. Yeah, John, I, I think you can pretty much throw that out. I, I don't think it's a great indicator of either of them, their skills right now. I, I, I don't, I really don't. I don't think it's a great indicator of how the fight is going to go necessarily. You have to look at their mixed martial arts fights and see where they're at right now, because I think both men are completely different. You're talking about a completely different sport. So yeah, I agree. All right, plenty more on that, obviously, later. We'll see on which side Kenny falls when it comes to the prediction, Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Uh, right now, the betting line, about minus 170, Adesanya the favorite. Pereira comes back at plus 145. Look at this height discrepancy. Should I come down a little bit? A little too much headroom, Ken Flo. All right, so we get into headlines, and we get into Amanda Lemos over Marina Rodriguez by TKO at the 54-second mark of round three. And this is what Walid Ishmael has been saying really since Amanda Lemos was in the UFC. I know there have been some ups and downs, but undeniable finisher, fight ending power. And a lot of people felt like if she in this matchup could find the range early and get respect for her power, she could be the first to finish Marina Rodriguez in a mixed martial arts setting. That is her reality now. And all of a sudden it's Lemos and not Rodriguez who's in strawweight contention. And Rodriguez, of course, could have gotten a championship opportunity. Now it'll be a while. Crazy. Uh, she's certainly one of the hardest hitters. We knew that coming into this. And uh, we I talked about it on the podcast last week. I talked about it in our little chat of, of uh, AF pod boys that we got going on. Um, first 10 to 12 minutes, man, watch out. For Lemos, as she hits so hard, she's so explosive, um, and if she has her timing, uh, she is she is a problem for anybody. She's just that dangerous. For me, I think the big thing for her moving forward is finding some emotional stability. You know, even heading into that fight, she looked like she was about to cry almost heading into that fight, but it didn't matter. She 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 started to loosen up as that fight went on. Um, each round, she seemed a little bit more comfortable and more confident. Um, and once she found that range, man, she was unbelievable. Uh, Rodriguez is is so tough, and she's very good. She's very clean with her technique, but I think she wasn't quite prepared for the speed and explosiveness of Lemos. And that right hand, man, I mean, that's like a, a brain bouncer. You know, you almost sort of anybody who's had a concussion, you sort of, you know, the brain sort of hits the other side of your head and and the room kind of comes back. Seems like there's a lot being made of the stoppage. Again, I was mixing a lot of things yesterday, child care, college football and the like. But I thought Jason Herzog stepped in at the right time. I mean, I thought he saved Rodriguez further punishment. Are we aligned there or not necessarily? I am. I am. I, I think that she took a lot of punishment, you know, on that shot. I think that she really wasn't defending herself. Herzog, one of the best referees in the game. This is a, a more common stoppage that you'd see in something like boxing, right? Uh, but these were heavy shots that Herzog was closest to. And when you see a fighter that's not quite looking at the fighter in front of them and still trying to get it together and, and, and process of what was going on. It was only going to get worse for her. She was going to take huge shots. There was nothing telling me that Lemos wasn't going to continue pounding her with overhand rights and lefts. So to me, I thought it was the right stoppage. Save Marina for another day. In this game, all it takes is one mistake at the highest level. And that's what you saw there play out. And Lemos made that mistake a couple of fights ago against Jessica Andrade. Right. Now she has two straight finishes, and all of a sudden she is uh, smack dab in the middle of this 115-pound mix, even so much as to offer herself up as a backup coming up next weekend 
or this weekend, I should say, for the title fight between Zhang Weili and Carla Esparza. But uh, Lemos is interesting, right? And hopefully she can, uh, you know, speak English a little bit and start to sort of broaden her her range and her reach, I guess, is a better way to put it. But I think we all have been at times, at least us commentators, excited about Amanda Lemos. So not the least bit surprised to see her produce in this moment. And, you know, I like Marcio Malco and Marina Rodriguez. I feel bad for that camp because mm-hmm. they did have this 35-year-old fighter on the cusp of a title shot more times than one. And uh, here's your old two-year championship setback just to uh, jab you in the ribs, you know? I mean... Right. This is a tough thing. Right. I mean, thrill versus agony. Lemos is in the mix. And for Rodriguez, you know, she could build herself back. But, um, you know, it's going to be a tough climb given the depth at 115 pounds is all. I agree. Uh, it, you know, I think she will be able to climb back. It is tough. There's there is a lot of depth in that division. Uh, and you never know when that shot is going to come. She isn't one of those huge names that is guaranteed a spot based on name power. She's going to have to earn it. Uh, no question about it. Uh, but for Lemos. She's extremely exciting, and she's the kind of person that is also, just based on the fact that she always delivers exciting fights, win or lose, is going to get the jump over a lot of other people because of that, you know, marketing-wise. Uh, but again, she she is uh, she has a very potent offense. Her counterfighting is on point when she's really timing it right, and I, I think she's going to be a problem for a lot of people out there. You have to watch out for her stand-up. There's very few women in the world that possess that kind of power, and, uh, you know, she's out there representing for the Karen uh, the Karen haircuts out there. I love it. It's, like, it's, it's is, awesome. Yeah. I love it, man. <laughs> when you look ahead to a possible championship matchup between Amanda Lemos and Zhang Wei Li, and I'm not intending to put the proverbial cock before the horse, right? But you, when you think about that matchup, I mean, that's uh, a very compelling matchup to uh, to say the least. But Carlos Barza figures to have something to say about that. So mm-hmm. speaking of having something to say about something, I'm wearing my one more round T-shirt today. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, it says Ken Flo on the back. Not going to turn <laughs> around for you. A lot of you guys know this T-shirt. Do you remember which fight you wore this out to? Let's see. Uh, would that be... Roger, no, no, no. Roger Huerta? Was it Roger Huerta? Quite possibly. I, don't know. I think it might have been one before that, but maybe okay. not. Anyway, right. <laughs> so I'm the president of Team Florian. Now, Ken Flo, circumstantially, when he got married, he needed a replacement groomsman, right? And Kurt Pellegrino got the call. Now, if there was a replacement groomsman in 2022, I feel pretty convicted in saying I would get the call over you, Kurt. You would. Still Absolutely. Right? You Sorry, would. Kurt. Sorry. Right. Which is it's neither here nor there. Right. But which is <laughs> to say salty. that Ken Flo is one of my best friends and twice, if not three or four times. Right. Through my buddy, Keith, his brother, you know, I knew that Kenny was essentially staring death in the face to make weight. Right. Forget the two featherweight cuts. Right. That were just. Yeah. Just really uh, just probably ill-advised. But even the cut for Gray Maynard and all the pressure in that Boston fight week and everything else. Yeah, Cody's chiming in. He hopes that Ray Longo comes on right now in the middle of this conversation, right? But four fighters missed weight over the weekend. At least that's what Wikipedia is telling me. I thought it was five, but maybe there was a fight that was scrapped. But no, I don't know. Four fighters, record-tying miss weight. That includes the high-profile Grant Dawson coming in 157.5 pounds, a full pound and a half over the limit. Now, I like Grant, so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I haven't spoken to him. I didn't necessarily love some of the things I was hearing he was saying after the fight. 
But I have this theory that for pay-per-view cards, a lot of these fighters make weight and these 15, 16 fight cards stay together. But for these fight nights, for whatever reason, you know, shit always goes sideways. And respect to our producer, Zach Candido, Michael LaPlante, and Mike Ricci, this is hard on our live production team, especially those three individuals. Obviously, it's hard on Marco Madsen and all the opponents of the fighters who missed weight here. But Kenny, like my appetite to watch Grant Dawson versus Marco Madsen lessens significantly when Grant misses weight. And the result of that fight, even though he'll be match made forward as if it's a lightweight win, to me, you know, there's an asterisk ne- next to that win. And perhaps that's rooted in in watching you do what you do and to hear guys like Paul Felder and others talk about, uh, you know, how difficult it is. But uh, I don't know, man. You know, I guess I'm sort of just like coming down on the group here. But when you have four fighters miss weight on a tidy little 11 or 12 fight card, uh, it's just not a, not a good look at all. It isn't. It's not a good look for you as a fighter and uh, for a bunch of reasons, right? Because you do lose the interest of the fans. The fans are like, well, I can't really rely on this. I don't have the same interest. And for the UFC themselves, and I've talked about this before, you now become a um, an unreliable fighter, right? Now you're not someone that they can potentially count on uh, to take a main event fight or a main card fight even. Uh, certainly not a championship fight, right? So those are the kind of things that they're going to consider uh, going forward. Is, is this the guy that we can count on that is going to make the weight? And it's it's annoying to the fighter that's fighting them. It's like, all right, I'm preparing for this dude that may or may not make weight. So it, it's a shitty situation. Ray Longo never missed weight in his boxing career. Good ah, Sunday morning little, to you, Raymond. Happy yeah. football Sunday, Ray. <laughs> Let's go, guys. I How love we your feeling? t-shirt. We're feeling okay. I just was sort of bemoaning the fact that a lot of athletes missed weight last weekend. For a guy like Grant Dawson, whom I like, who has come up from featherweight, he's switched camps. He's like 56-1 and one as a pro. But for me, I did not watch that fight in... Some part because Grant missed weight. You know, it lessened my appetite as a fan to seek out that fight on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, look, I heard what Kenny was saying, and obviously he's 100% right. But there's just something that, look, there's always a margin of error, though, right? When that many people miss weight, is that possible or is there something else going on? I I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's got to be a number of people that if it goes over seven, then something could be wrong with the scale. I, I don't know. That could be just me. I mean, is it possible that seven, five or six, seven people don't make weight in the fight? We've had other nights like that before where it's just an exorbitant amount of people that have missed weight. But I, I don't know. Look, the missing weight thing is never going to be, you know, an easy subject. And I agree with Kenny 100%. You lose your reliability. You know, you, you said you were going to do something and you have to hold to your word and do it. Yeah, so Ray Longo giving you a little benefit of the doubt there potentially with the scale. Um, what'd you think of the card? Did you see Amanda Lemos in the main event last night? Yeah, that kid has bricks in the hand. There's no question. That's the hardest puncher in that division by far. And I tell you, you know, Mizuki fought her, and she did knock Mizuki down. Mizuki went the distance with her, but Mizuki's pretty good and she's tough. So I, I knew at that point. I think even Dean Thomas called me to ask me something about. It. I go. That kid's got bricks in her hands. I mean, she hits hard, and you saw it last night. You're not – she hits you, she's going to hurt you. I mean, she's she's looking good, you know, but uh, I don't know. I did see the fight, and I thought it was, was awesome. By the way, Cody chimed in in the chat. He said, Sarah Longo, guys, don't miss weight. 
You remember the last time one of your guys missed weight? How's that for putting you on, on the spot on a Sunday morning? Uh, Had to have been an occasion here or there, right? That's yeah, good that I, you I, don't have anything. On no, the top I don't of your know. Head. I mean, the, the closest I remember was Weidman against Damian Meyer, where he lost that 30 right. pounds in a week. And Crazy. It was, it was like insane. Like, just, I, want, I was begging him not to make the weight. That's how bad it was. I literally said it's. You took it on a week's notice. Nobody could hold you accountable. Like this is, this isn't healthy. This is crazy. And he, I remember he went in. He had like three pounds to go. He went in the sauna for like fifteen minutes. Came out not an ounce. And then somehow he just mustered up the strength. I mean, he just didn't want to not make weight, even to the point where it would kill him. And he just he made the weight. And I'll never forget after the fight. We just it was like simultaneous. Just looked at each other and go never doing that again like that was just like that was bad but you know when you have conviction and you know you're that strong willed you will find a way to make it so i don't i mean people correct me i i don't remember anybody missing weight to be honest with you kenny are you like browned out for that jose aldo weight cut what was it for you do you think as humbly (laughs) as you can say it is it mental toughness is it not wanting to let people down promotionally? Like, how were you able to power through it when seemingly we're hearing that they're like holding your brother back who's trying to get in there to save your life? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. In my mind, like there, there was there was no doubt that I had to make the weight. Like it wasn't even I don't even I don't even know if that was a possibility. Like I I understood that like, hey, I can quit at any time. Right. Um, I didn't have to do it. But in my mind, I'm like, no, I, I got I have to make the weight like this is a, this is a world championship yeah. fighter, number one. Um, but even for the last one against Diego Nunez, it's like there's so much on the line and there's so many people that are depending on me to do this. But it was more me myself being like, no, I need to prove to myself that I can do this and I'm not going to quit and like the face of adversity you know <clears throat> yeah, and again i don't want to bring up the story but the diego news <laughs> john i'm telling you i've never in, heard this story he, he was in Weidman, <laughs> he was in weidman's category he was and i didn't really like you know i didn't want to interfere but his team did leave him they left him for dead i don't know who it was me him and white they were sick of putting up with me they were oh, no, sick no. of putting up with me it was just me it was just like bones in, yeah. in a t-shirt oh, yeah. of, and, and shorts it was just gross. yeah sick of putting up with you didn't say you couldn't even say a word you didn't have the energy to talk any i swear to god he could not say a word that's a fact i mean but look i might have a uh, my theory and i'll always hold to this the what what you do in that octagon represents what you'll do in life i would say that's even better than a lie detector test and it's similar with the weight cut you you know he's he's got integrity he's got you know he's his character is he's got good morals he's gonna do it like he's saying i have to make the weight i'm gonna let people down you yeah. know even at the even at his own demise that's the way his brain's operating. And, you know, it goes to show you who the, the person who he is. You know, I guarantee you, a guy that doesn't make the weight, he's not going to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? He's not going to drive the extra 10 miles to pick up what you need him to pick up. He's going to find a way. I got to I got to take a nap. I have to go here. I gotta, it'll always be something. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. Your brain will find a way to rationalize itself out of, out of the situation. But with the guys that are strong minded and determined, and and successful you're not going to see that right and if you do need a refresher if you haven't heard the story real quick ken flow in vancouver absolute savage makes the weight boston bruins in the nhl playing the vancouver canucks in the stanley cup final ken flow comes out wearing a a sean thornton bruins jersey that (laughs) 
it's probably like a medium, but it looked like a dress at the time. So Kenny's literally inciting these Vancouver fans, even though he's literally like basically half in the casket, right? Just incredible. And then the Bruins go on to win the Stanley Cup in seven games, game seven in Vancouver. Yeah. To add to that, I've never been sworn at uh, more in my life and thrown stuff. Like people were throwing stuff at me. I was, I was, I was laughing as I walked out to the, the octagon. And then the other thing is the backdrop of that. If you guys remember, there were crazy riots when the Bruins won. Oh, they yeah. destroyed Vancouver for like, was it like, I don't know if it was at least, it was at least one night of that's riots right. because wow. they lost. So that's how crazy they take it. Like they, they took it very seriously. So it was, oh, uh, I, I probably was playing around with my life on two occasions, the weight cut and walking out with that Bruins. Jersey. Yeah. Two, two things. I'm, I'm pretty dumb. Yeah. Two things on that. I do remember <laughs> being in the streets and they were going freaking crazy, but it was a Canadian crazy. There was something yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. but it wasn't crazy. But I remember a cop with his uh, motorcycle. The guys were just jumping on his motorcycle. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like looking at these and the cops just standing there chilling out. And I'm like, dude, if this is New York, that guy's getting hit in the head with the billy club. He's getting stomped right, on. Right, right. And fast <laughs> forward to today, I think it's like Vancouver. I think you can sit on the guys, but I swear to God. But back then when I was watching, I was going, this is crazy. But, you so know, funny. but Ken, Kenny was, I don't know how he even made that fight. When we were sitting there, I, I might think of that accountant guy. I don't know if you remember that guy. So look, just a typical accountant. You got to sign him. You got to sign a fucking, you got to, what, what exemptions do you need? The guy can't even speak. Kenny's not even making eye contact with the guy. This went on. Ray like, stepped in. It was like, Hey, leave him alone. I, hey buddy, how about get the fuck out of here? Talk to him after the way. After yeah. he hydrates. Yeah. He had to have those exemptions. Right now, the guy, Kenny never said a word. I guarantee you, never said so a word. Funny. And the guy kept coming back. Then he'd come back again. And then I thought, like, the last time I go, dude, you got to just go. You got to leave, man. Like, there's Rara. nothing. Nothing's going to happen. And then Kenny couldn't even say thank you to me. I feel him patting my leg. <laughs> Just like, like saying thank you. Save the day. Like uh I did. I did. You know? <laughs> but no, no, that's true. But that, that's crazy. It was good. That is how a true we even story. John, how we even fought, I did it was really bad. I'm Total telling savage. you. Really, a rare misstep, uh, rare misstep by our guy Ronald to uh try to get business done, perhaps there by Ken Flo. But was uh, that Ronald? Was that his name? Was it Ronald? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, he looked like a Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> so for what? For Oh yeah, I was we were asking if the accountant's name was Ron Ronald. Yeah. Oh, oh, the account. No, I forget okay. who the heck was it. I forget. It wasn't our guy Ron. Shout out to Ron. Oh, oh, oh I yeah. don't know who Ronald is, and he was. Uh, I, I would know him if I saw him. I don't think he. He yeah. lasted long though, but oh, oh how about that? Oh, what do we got? Wait, wait, wait. First off, you better be at the gym. Oh, I'm sitting in your chair right now. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to rush out of here to go see you. So I'm saying, this <laughs> motherfucker's home, man. This is bad. Look I'm at about, him. I'm about, to, I'm about to play your guitar. All right. That's what I want. You do whatever you want while I intro <laughs> UFC. Yeah, look at him. Lightweight. Matt, the steamroller Frivola, repping Longo Weidman MMA loud and proud. Huntington, yeah. New York's finest, representing Northwestern Suffolk County. You can tell this is what I've been preparing this morning. It's good to see you, man. Welcome to Fight Week. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. So uh, are you ready to go, kid, or what, man? Six days from now, Madison Square Garden. If my research is accurate, you have only fought once as a pro in New York State. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, four years ago, we were at MSG. You know, we had a, a awesome fight with Lando. And now, you know, four years later, we're back. And uh, I'm a different animal now, so I can't wait. 
So it's your eighth UFC appearance. I know at times you wish that your schedule has been a little bit more active, but five of your first seven UFC fights have been on pay-per-view cards. It seems like they uh, they know what they're doing. Oh, there's Cody's got the trumpets going. <laughs> Cody, can you just kill that for a second? We'll fucking get to it. I mean, the guy taking over. Hey, listen, I, might to, I, I, might to, I might have to demote Cody from executive producer to producer. John, um, if, I hear those, if I hear those trumpets again, I'm calling Lucky, and I'm t- I swear to God, I'm, kill- I'm calling oh, the dog in. It's been too much. Call Heidi Dean. She can she can uh, affect a lot of change as far as that's oh, concerned. Um, but Matt, it just seems like they they want you fighting on these pay per view cards because um, you know obviously you're an elite fighter, but you bring the show. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, every time there's like a big pay per view card, I'm always trying to get on it. You know, because like I, I'm a I'm a fan just as much as a fighter. I love like walking around and seeing like Style Bender, seeing Zhang Wei Li. You know, seeing all the the top. You know, Dustin Poirier, seeing all the top fighters. You know, so I always want to fight on the biggest cards possible. All right, so you're coming off a win in January against Hanaro uh, Valdez. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, that fight was three minutes and 15 seconds. Fight before that was seven seconds. So three minutes and 22 seconds of octagon time dating to January of 2021. I know you figure to sort of be asked a lot about that this week. Um, but January of 2021 was the night you were supposed to fight this dude, Atman Azaitar. So um, I guess that you're probably just anxiously awaiting Friday and Saturday and hoping that you actually get locked in the, in the cage with this guy. Yeah, you know, I'm ready to go. This is the second full camp I've done for this guy. And you know, it's not it's not rocket science, rocket science. He's a he's a righty boxer with heavy hands. Throws a kick here or there. So, you know, he's nothing I haven't seen before. We got guys in the gym that do that better than him. Uh, you know, I'm 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 ready to go and and we're dialed in. Is is it difficult, you know, having a fight canceled and having to reset everything again? Uh, how did how did you manage that mentally and, and and did it affect your preparation at all i mean yeah it was tough you know it's not not ideal you know it's happened to me a couple times now i do a whole camp for for uh for one guy you know the the last time i was supposed to fight Otman, i prepared for a boxer the entire time and then the morning of weigh-ins you know dana white cuts him and then they throw armin at me who's a wrestler you know it was uh but I didn't, I didn't go to all the way to Abu Dhabi to not fight. So I I took that fight. You know, I like to, I'm a well-rounded fighter. I'm prepared for anything. So, you know, I I took that fight and and had a good fight, you know, but yeah, it's not ideal. So I want to be respectful of your time as your fight week begins. I just have a few more here with Matt, the steamroller Frivola. By the way, you can get his merchandise right now. Millions.co, the steamroller is just flying off the goddamn shelves. Um, (laughs) So when you first got to Sarah Longo MMA, I'm curious about your first encounter with Ray Longo. And I guess as a follow up, like, who were you most enamored with? Right. Was it was it Longo? Was it Weidman? Like, what got you in the door? Was it Raging Al? For me, Raging Al would have probably been the one that got me in the door. He's getting like. <laughs> He's starting to sound like Helwani. I swear to God, this guy. I'm prepared today. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. Good. Really, I got to give the credit to my wife, uh, Billy. You know, Billy Sinelli. She uh, she called. Jim. She got me a private with with the legend Ray Longo, and uh, and I got to uh, do a private with Ray Longo, and uh, and then I had Chris Weidman just watching me, and uh, and it was it was insane. You know, it was a dream come true. You know being a, a up and coming fighter from Long Island, you know, being able to train, you know, with Ray and with Chris watching and, uh, and then, you know, 
five, you know, five, six years later, you know, we're, we're fighting at MSG and I got, I got Ray walking out with me, you know, he's going to be playing the air trumpets. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to put on a great fight. See, Joe, so, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get with Matt is he, he's telling the truth. He is enamored with everybody. I want everybody to be enamored with him. I try to tell him he's the star. You don't have to look at everybody's in the same boat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So he's going to, I, I really believe he's going to make a great mark on the sport uh, this Saturday night. He's be, had a great camp. I'm excited for him and he does love to fight. And that's always that you can't teach. You can't teach heart and uh, determination like this kid has. So I'm super psyched that starting, we're starting to think a little bit, right? We're starting to use that brain. I, I'm excited for him. <laughs> no, I really think you're like an active calendar year away from potential stardom, you know, just about getting in yeah. a fight schedule where, yes. you know, longer fights. But I mean, I obviously for our purposes, you dust this guy quickly. Great. Right. But fighting three times in a calendar year, fighting every three months, maybe having a short notice opportunity that you can step into. I know that's difficult, but, you know, there's only a handful of ways you can really resonate with the fan base. And, and top of the list is uh, is to fight, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, one fight at a time. I'm looking to come out there and handle business at MSG. And then, you know, next year is going to be a big year for us. All right. I got a few more. So Sal, the bulldozer Frivola is your father. <laughs> you like great. that, right? See, this I is all for it. you, Longo. I so Sal, it. obviously <laughs> Sal's going to be in the building, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So you said recently you will no longer be fist bumping Bruce Buffer before the fight, no. which is music to my ears. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners and viewers why you're, you're no longer going to? This is bump this is bump? new to me, too. No, I, I learned that my UFC debut. I went out there and I bumped them and then uh, it didn't go my way. And then uh, and then I started seeing that, you know, mo most guys who bump Buffer, you know, lose the fight. So. I, oh man, John, can, Cody, can we get a stat on that? Can we get stats on that? Oh. So this is kind of my fault. I started this, and Rogan uh, loves when I interject this into the broadcast. Uh, but I was the first one to sort of say, "Well, I don't know." You know, you'll see how it goes. You just this Bruce oh, Buffer, and then man, guys started funny. to lose. So definitely below five hundred, but we don't have the numbers for oh, it. Is man. Buffer is Buffer robbing people of their testosterone? What's going on? Here? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> He's all up breathing That's COVID good. all up in. We don't need him breathing COVID all up in the steamroller's face. All right. Oh, a few more rapid fire questions here with Matt Frivola, UFC lightweight on the way out. Favorite New York sports team is who? New York Mets, baby. Oh, man. So you got permission from the New York Mets ownership, essentially, to to walk out to that song. Do I have that right? Oh, yeah. I was in the, the Steve Cohen suite at the Mets game. And uh wow. Talking to him, I told him I was like, I want to walk out to the to the Timmy Trumpets, and he was about it. You know, he he gave gave us the okay. He was pumped, and uh, and that, that that's what that's we're cool. doing. It's really like the icing on top that you have his blessing. But you're Matt the Steamroller Frivola to Longo's point. Like with respect, you don't need the guy, <laughs> right? It's nice to have it, right? But it's like you know. Oh yeah. <sighs> It's like if you get married, right? It's like you want to get the father's blessing, but if he doesn't, if he says no, you're still probably getting down on one knee, right? So I don't know. All right. Um, what's your least favorite sports team? Is it one that plays in New England or? Yeah, you know, when, when those Patriots were winning, I'm a Jets fan as well. And the, okay. when those Patriots were just crushing, crushing it, it was, uh, it was, and, and I did a little, I went to school for a little bit in Massachusetts, uh, Dean College back in the yeah. day. So I yeah. was, 
like around all these uh, Patriots fans and Red Sox fans. It was it's a lot. It was rough yeah. up there, especially yeah. being a Jets guy. I Some assholes, huh, Ray? I appreciate assholes. I like that. So you were around a lot. You were around a lot of assholes. A lot of them. <laughs> we can all agree that Philadelphia is trash here, though, right? Yeah. Right. Um, favorite New York athlete of all time. Yeah, favorite New York athlete, man. I'm gonna have to go with uh, with our Mets captain, David Wright. Man, he was I like that. He was the man back in the day. He was always always showed up, always ready to go. You know, he's a he's a captain. You know, I know those Yankee fans like that Jeter guy, but David Wright was always my guy. I love it. All right, Matt Frivola fights Otman Azaitar at UFC 281 live from Madison Square Garden this Saturday night. You can see it on ESPN Fight Pass. ESPN Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass, ESPN Plus, uh, and all sorts of other places. Check your lo- local listings. Hey, Maddie, we appreciate the time here during Fight Week. Wish you uh, health and everything else and uh, a great weight cut. And uh, look forward to shaking your hand on Friday, my man. Yeah, of course. It's nice to finally get on the uh, the Longo Minute, man. Cash <laughs> at any time. I listen to this every week. And uh, Ray, you got to get your ass to the gym. We got training. I know. I, I'm just, I'll be there in a half hour. I'm hanging up as soon as you get off. Yeah, we'll get him out. Which is really an hour on Ray time. <laughs> no, no, no. This one's a half hour. I got a busy day today. Matt, right. good luck, man. Fun. Matty, I'll see you in a little bit. Later. All right, Take there care. he is, Matt, the steamroller for Vola with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. All right, Raymond, just figure we bring your guy in there. Anything else awesome. on that fight or anything else before we let you uh, get to your business? No, just he had a great camp, and I'm I'm super excited to see him fight on uh, Saturday night. He's just a really nice kid. And just a, what he said, like he really is in awe of, uh, you know, just walking around seeing these guys. I think Aljo's had the same conversation with him, like, you know, they might be just excited to see you. Like, that's what people don't realize, right? Because, I mean, obviously, I go through them. Like, there's nothing special here. You're better off right. uh, wanting to meet somebody else, you know? But uh, yeah. he's just he, – I goes to show you what a nice kid he is. And uh, I just wish him the best. And we wish you the best. I will see you in a couple days. And I wish you guys the best. York. All right. Thank you, buddy. Drive safely. Thanks, we'll, uh, we'll talk and to you, you uh, next week. Look. And, you know, I, I could have had you a table at Rayo's. I, if you had wow. I mean, this is that's a huge thing. Yeah, that's a you, huge thing. You put thing. it under Rogan, right? You tell him Joe Rogan's coming. <laughs> get to anything. Yeah. Hey, thanks, buddy. Hey, have a great Sunday, okay? NFL starts right. 1 p.m. Eastern, all right? All right, take it easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down, and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business, and it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 nights a year, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me, and my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Florian. 
if you think I'm done banging on Philadelphia, I'm not. I've been driving around for 10 days. Everybody's saying, oh, what a time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. You know, the Eagles are 7-0 and or 8-0. and The Phillies are up 2-1 in the World Series. You know, well, it's Sunday, November 6th. The Phillies, and I love Bryce Harper, love his family, love his dad. Probably my favorite player in the big leagues. Uh, and I might have actually been rooting for the Phillies. But Phillies lost the... World Series on Sunday. They lost the MLS Cup to LAFC, right? No Major League Soccer Championship. Uh, and, you know, they, and everybody wants to crown the Eagles in November. And Sean Brady still lost to Bilal Muhammad. So I don't know, man. I mean, oh don't print God. the title. Well, I'm just saying, don't print, oh. the don't print the title town stuff yet. Like, you know. You just went scorched earth on, on the city of Philadelphia just now. When. The Patriots and the Eagles played in their first Super Bowl against each other. I know the Eagles won the second one. Congratulations. Go Birds, right? I went to college in Pennsylvania. But going into that first one, Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end, told me this story. He's a former ESPN colleague of mine, uh, now on WEI Sports Radio in Boston. So he basically said that Belichick got the team together during Super Bowl week, and he put the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl parade route on a monitor and he was like I just want to let you guys know that the Eagles have uh their Super Bowl parade all set for uh for Tuesday they're going to go down Broad Street you know Patriots players all laughing you know had a lot of championship parades a lot of duck boats in Boston we don't plan those though until uh the hay is in the proverbial barn uh as they say just having fun with Philly we don't have a lot of <laughs> listeners in Philadelphia so um all right so we're going to spin it forward oh, now man. to uh, UFC 281 it's live from New York this Saturday Ooh. and you can get closer to the Octagon with DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of UFC right now new customers can bet five dollars on UFC 281 and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your fighter wins and that, of course, is not all. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up parlays. You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a parlay today with three or more picks, combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, total rounds, and much more. DraftKings Sportsbook application, I will tell you guys, is great. As easy to navigate as any, as many options in the sports betting space as anyone out there. And I expect UFC 281 to be as played as one of the biggest, most viewed cards of 2022. I know a lot of people who want action on both sides of the main event, and with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where you should go to bet on UFC. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Anik, throw down $5 on UFC 281, and get $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. That is code John Anik, J-O-N-A-N-I-K, this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes. For details. All right, main event challenge time as we call on big gun Brian Petrie. There are a couple of loose ends that I would like to tie up on UFC Fight Night before we dive in to the monster that is UFC 281. And by the way, I could have made these guys make 10 predictions today. They're picking eight fights, so we're going pretty deep on the prelim portion. So you're going to get a lot of handicapping intel today from, uh, from Ken Flo. And from Brian Petrie, just waiting on Petrie in the three box before I get into uh, Daniel Rodriguez and Neil Magny. It's good to see you, man. Happy Sunday. What's Happy up? Happy Sunday. Bangles, bang, bangles, bang. We need it. We need it before the bye, Johnny. Johnny, you went scorched earth on Philly. If you go to Philly, you're getting batteries thrown at you, bro. You better be careful. Well, when we go to Philadelphia, UFC puts us up in Delaware. So it's okay, all good. There, that makes sense. There you go. Did I really go score? I'm just saying, though. I it's mean, like I'm driving around, bro. Yeah, sure, and sure. Like, it's like you don't make room in the championship case for the trophy until you and, you know, 
I'm Astros not disagreeing with you, but I mean, Philly fans are or Philadelphia are they're brutal. They're oh, they're okay. they they they're next oh. level, man. They're tough. I actually think Sean Brady's going to get back into a title fight. I'm a sure. huge fan of his. Like yeah. I really truly am. I believe in him, the work ethic, the skill set, all of it. You know. Yeah, but I'm right. a Boston guy who went to college in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know? Okay, and if people are going on vacation, are they going to Boston or Philadelphia? You tell me. Let's see the fucking <laughs> now, Liberty I've never Bell. Been to, I've never been to Philly, but I've been to Boston several times. So I mean, there you go. All right, they're coming to All New right. York, like the UFC next week. Yeah, they're coming after me. All right, a couple of yeah. loose ends that I wanted to uh, tie up. Shailon Nerdon Beke, or whatever we pronounced it last mm-hmm. week, over Derek Minner by TKO at 107 of round number one. But there's yeah. some sort of gambling Ooh. underbelly here, Brian Petrie. Can you sort of alert the masses as to what's yeah, going on? Yeah, so he, so he was plus 170 two hours before the fight, two hours-ish. And then it jumped up to plus 330-something. And then Shailon went up to minus 200 to minus 450. So someone knew the pre-existing injury going in a minute. Minner had that knee injury before going in. That's been made clear. So someone put a hefty bag on Shailin a couple hours before the fight. And that, I think there's going to be some kind of investigation. They were just talking about that one uh, Korean fighter that, or Chinese fighter, uh, uh, Bang. Uh, he went to jail for 10 months for trying to fix fights. I'm not saying yeah. there's a fix, fix fighting here, but camps talk. And we just went through the whole UFC's not letting but fighters bet anymore, right? We went through that whole thing. Yeah. So this is just, uh, listen, I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying my eyes are up because I track these things. Wow. And you never see a spike like this an hour or two before a fight. Like it was insane. I'm like, and I had Shylin in my parlay. I, I, you know, I can't lie bet. So it's whatever I had in my parlay. And I was like, and my buddies are texting me like, Hey dude, men are first round, uh, first round submission. I go, I don't know about that. Look at this. I showed him the chart. It's weird, man. It's something's going on there. Eyes are open. Yeah. Brian, what kind of a bet would, would it take to jump the line that much? Like, what are we talking here, dude? Do, do you know? I mean, yeah. See, look at that spike. I, I really don't know. It was substantial. It really depends on what the money like tens of thousands, tens could of thousands. Been, yeah, could have been. Really? It could have been. I mean, we're we're not looking at a couple hundred bucks here. We're looking at probably a couple thousand for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that spike is. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, you don't see that ever, uh, and especially two hours before the guy fights. Like so. You know, again, nope, not pointing fingers. I mean, a lot of people right. online are pointing fingers, but uh, that's there's some suspicious shit going yeah. on right there. That's for sure. That's, well, no, that's I'm crazy. glad I asked. And if it wasn't an NFL Sunday, I'd probably get off the air and go down a rabbit hole and try to uh, dive. <laughs> yeah. all I was last business. night. I was on Reddit last night. Bad mistake. <laughs> I didn't even see the fight. I just you're breaking the news to me now that Derek yeah. Minner had a knee injury. You know what I was doing this morning? Yeah. morning I I watched the uh, the two kickboxing matches between Israel Adesanya and Alex yeah. Pereira, and I don't Been know if there's those. really much fruit there. Um, sure. Before we move on, and Ken Flo, feel free to chime in. Just wanted to touch on the co-main event, Neil Magny yeah. over Daniel Rodriguez by submission. We acknowledge Neil for passing George St. Pierre. More UFC welterweight wins than anybody in the illustrious history of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is just insane. Could argue certainly a missed opportunity on the other side for D-Rod. Any thoughts on the co-main BP before we uh, spin yeah, it forward? I'm- I mean, Neil did what Neil does. I mean, Kenny and I text like, you can't, I can't predict this guy's fight. You just can't do it. He looked grimy. My biggest takeaway is why is D-Rod, who's leaning at will at range, clinching? He initiated several clinches. And I'm like, I mean, I know that's like part of your game. You're crashing in with some of your punches, but I, I, I don't know about that. He obviously got tired in that third round and Neil Magny just doesn't get tired. That's just his thing. Like he just doesn't. 
And uh, I'm, I'm happy for Neil. It's a crazy record that Neil Magny holds the most wins. And no disrespect to Neil Magny, when you think of welterweight greats, you know, George St. Pierre, Matt Hughes, uh, Kamar Usman now, and Neil Magny's above all of them in, in that statistic. So it's just pretty fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I lost money on D-Rod. I, I was very confident D-Rod. I just, it, it was a odd fight. And again, I can't get a Neil Magny fight, right? That guy's going to burn me every time. You know, there are varying degrees in terms of how attached to singular results some of these fighters are. And certainly mm -hmm. some of these fighters aren't as championship driven as others. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that D-Rod is not championship driven, but, you know, when I see what he says sort of after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. he strikes me as a guy who is going to move on and move on well from this. But sure. I don't know. I just think that... Um, Everything in certain fighters' careers is calculated when it comes to taking certain fights and, and abbreviated training camps and trying to put yourself in position. You know, this is a legitimate championship setback for D-Rod, and I'm, I'm not sure he cares as much as maybe somebody like you or his fan base does yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 35, too, and he, and he came yeah. in late, so he doesn't have as many miles on him. But, yeah, this is, this is an ugly loss for him, I think. All right, let us get into the picks for UFC 281, Adesanya versus Pareda. First prelim for us will be at flyweight. 12th ranked Aaron Blanchfield, minus 380. It's a big number, Bri. Mm -hmm. 15th ranked Molly McCann comes back at plus 310. McCann has won three in a row. They've all produced bonuses. She's got to deal with barstool sports, but yes. it's so much more than that. I mean, this is an evolved fighter. Your thoughts on here on her here in a big spot, at least the odds makers and the betting public to this point, not giving McCann much of a shot. Yeah, sorry. I had to throw on a hat. My Elvis Wayne Newton hair was really. I actually was really liking it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all natural. It was high. Yeah, it's, I got a thick head of hair. It was way, you know way how John gets with hair. I know. I threw the hat on. I was like, I, I had it next to me. Fuck it. Anyway, this fight's great. Listen, how do you not love meatball? The Barstool signing's great because she's getting out there. She's got personality for days. Not to mention, she started UFC career a little rough. Not the most exciting fighter. She won some, lost some, lost two in a row, and then and is rattling off wins. And she's coming off two incredible knockouts. I mean, her boxing is her boxing is great. Her cardio is great. She's at a grappler's gym with Patty over there in in, in Liverpool. But um, listen, Aaron Blanchfield's a fucking stud. I mean, this girl, twenty three years old. Yeah, she's so good. Cardio on point. She's tough. And her grappling, I think, is going to be the edge here. I mean, Blanchfield, I, it's a huge number. And I don't play 23-year-old fighters at this huge number. I just can't do it. But I like maybe Blanchfield by decision. I think this is a bad matchup for Molly McCann. It hurts my heart picking against her. I think she's a live dog because we haven't seen enough from Blanchfield yet. And this is a big test. And when you're 23, you could break. And Molly's not going to fucking break. So Molly is a live dog, especially at this number. It's gorgeous. But... I just, I really am high on Blanchfield, especially what she did to Miranda Maverick and how good Miranda Maverick looked last week. I just, yeah, I'm going to go Blanchfield by decision. And you're trying to pick winners. Blanchfield, huge winners favored here. Yeah. As Brian mentioned, Kenny, 23 years old, won the Eddie Bravo Invitational at 18. She's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, New Jersey versus Liverpool. Which way are you going? This is the new generation of fighters that we're getting now, right, guys? It's it, it, Kids that start out training in jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, I think by 12, Aaron knew that she wanted to be a professional fighter at 12 years old. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, that, that's insane. You know, so that's tough um, for someone like Molly, who, who doesn't have that same level of martial arts experience. However, Molly is a problem. And I think she is going to be a problem on the feet. It's going to come down to her ability to be efficient 
Um, you need Aaron to not be very efficient, maybe expend a lot of energy on takedowns and things like that, uh, and then get caught, maybe lose confidence because she doesn't have you know a ton of MMA experience. Uh, that's Molly's best bet. She could pull it off. It's definitely not out of the question at all. I, I do think there's some value there with Molly, but it's hard to go against some uh, like Aaron who's so young and has so much skill. Yeah. All right, next prelim BP, big fight at lightweight here, or at light heavyweight, I should say. Former world title challenger, seventh-ranked Dominic Reyes, minus 215 or so. Number 12, Ryan Spann, plus 185. Spann with some momentum now. He's won two of three, mm-hmm. a couple of quick finishes in there. Looks like he's entering his prime at 31. Mm-hmm. Reyes is 32, as you guys know, now training in Danbury, Connecticut, alongside Glover Teixeira. Maybe a little bit wider than I expected. I had written down Reyes minus 180. He's minus 215. How do you see this one playing out, Brian? 205 pounds. Yeah, the line paused me because this maybe it's I'm discrediting Span, but he's six and two in the UFC, which is crazy. He's got big power and he's got a dangerous guillotine, too. That ghillie is tight. And you got Reyes coming off three straight losses, but against some elite competition, right? So you kind of give him a pass over the guys he's, you know, lost to. But regardless of competition, this is a must win for him. So when I first saw this fight lined up, I go, oh, this is kind of like they want Reyes to win, right? Because this is a guy that people still to this day thought beat John Jones. He's got the athletic background. He's, you know, marketable. But then when I dug deeper into it, I'm like, man, Ryan Spann is not this guy who I, I, I'm i capping in the beast. So I really kind of got in the weeds in this fight. And the one thing I can came to conclusions, I don't like it because the line is too wide for me. Like you said, John, I, I'm going to pick Reyes. I'm not confident. I think he's ex- the both guys are explosive, but I like Reyes' straight punches as opposed to Ryan Spain's looping punches. You know, Reyes is going to get to the, the target first. Um, and I'm really curious to see what if it hits the map. You know, with him training with Glover, to me, it seems like he's going to be working on maybe some takedowns, some top control, some top pressure, uh, which is what Glover's forte is. Um, so I'm really interested to see if it hits the map because I think Ryan Spain is dangerous there as well. But give me Reyes by decision. I don't love it, though. I have other fights I love. Sorry, but I don't love this fight. So I thought for years that Kenny was maybe mispronouncing Dominic Reyes. And sure as shit, Ken Flo, you were right the whole time. Cody has the file. I don't know if we even want to rack it, but I, I had to before we picked another Dominic Reyes fight because he hasn't fought since May of 2021. The knockout loss to Yuri Prohaska, no doubter for fight of the night. But yeah. Kenny almost has this Peruvian like Ray is or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> and shit, if he isn't right. Cody, do you have that file by chance? Of course. Dominic the Devastator Reyes. Dominic the Devastator Reyes. All right. Well, Ken Flo's the man. What else? <laughs> the big <laughs> show for Team it? Florian today. Kenny, I think you're muted, but who do you have winning this fight? Thank you. Um, yeah, Dominic uh, Reyes, I, I think you, you look at his last three fights, they've all been to champions. John Jones, Jan Blachowicz, Yuri Prohaska. I mean, that that's tough to deal with. Um, you know, so I, I, he certainly has faced the higher level of competition. I, I don't know how that's effective, affected his confidence and his training. Sometimes it's like, you know, I lost three in a row. I'm never going to make it back. Screw this. Uh, let me just fight for a paycheck now. That mm-hmm. could happen. I don't think that's going to be the case here, but it could be the case. Ryan Spann is going to be a dangerous out. Um, he's a guy that is good at finishing fights. Does he have solid enough fundamentals to back up that danger? I'm not quite so sure because when it breaks down for him, it breaks down big time. And a guy like Dominic Reyes is the kind of guy that can take advantage of those breakdowns and expose you. So I, I think Reyes is a little bit more fundamentally sound um i also think he's still dangerous 
Um, it might take him a little bit to kind of get into his groove uh, in this fight, but uh, I'll take Dominic here. And I will say the general Safe Saud head coach at Fortis MMA is one of the people I'm probably closest with in the MMA space. And Ryan seems to have turned a corner mentally mm. and there's an urgency about him in training and otherwise that did not exist prior. So perhaps that factors into your handicap as well. All right. Featured prelim. Bettable fight here, I would think, Brian. Lightweight, mm-hmm. Hinato Moicano, minus 125. Brad Quake, Riddell, plus 105. Huge fight for both guys. You know, Riddell had risen to as high as, I think, number 11 in the world. Unranked now after the back-to-back losses to Rafael Fazeev and Jalen Turner. Those guys now number 6 and number 10 in the world, respectively. So, mm-hmm. not much loss there. Your thoughts on Riddell, slightly the dog here against Hinato Moicano. Ohio sports betting can't come soon enough because I would be hammering this line right now. I like Riddell in this spot big time, plus money. He's going to, it's probably going to be a pick him, maybe even who closes as a small favorite. Moicano has a really nice second run here at 155, right? The RDA fight he took on short notice, showed his toughness, very impressive, you know, showed it all his heart, but he struggles with dynamic strikers. It's, it's his calling card. You know, Aldo, Zombie, Fizev, they all knocked him out. Clean, right? And Riddell is a clean, clean strike with above average takedown for uh, defense at 62%. Um, he's cardio's good and he's been in camp with his dogs. He's been in camp with Carlos Allberg. He's been in camp with Dan Hooker, been in camp with Izzy Adesanya. He's in shape, like he's ready to go. And when you're giving me plus money, I love it. I like Riddell here and I'm going to add KO to my card as well. Uh, possibly early when Connor's tough and dangerous on the ground. If he gets to the ground, he gets his back, it's going to be a problem. But give me Riddell by KO. I'm loving it. All I know is that if Brad Riddell stood in front of me, hands behind his back, and let me punch him in the face as hard as I could, I wouldn't knock him out. Not on the first try, that's for sure. So Brian mentioned the Moicano Rafael Dos Anjos flight fight, Kenny. Sort of a weird five-round co-main event at UFC 272 back in March. Moicano exuded a lot of toughness as he has done throughout 13 fights in the UFC. Your thoughts on him here? A slight favorite over Brad Riddell. Yeah, you know, to, to Brian's point, I, I think more than anything else, I think Moicano struggles with guys that are faster than him. You know, it, it's the shots he doesn't really see. I don't think that was an issue for him in the RDA fight. RDA uh, did, doesn't have the speed of some of those other guys, so he could at least see those shots coming. Um, and I think on the ground is real. He was kind of struggling a little bit there against RDA, but... In this fight against Brad, this is a tough one for me. I I do think uh, Brad will most likely win. I think Brad has the ability to finish this fight. Um, Moicano can, but it's just weird the way that they match up against each other. I think Riddell's speed is going to be a problem. The problem with Riddell is he gets caught up just fighting. Like he, it, It almost becomes this street fight where he's not really listening to his corner. He's not listening to anybody. He's caught in the moment and just trying to knock your head off. I still think that's going to be good enough against someone like Moicano, um, just because Moicano makes some mistakes on the feet, which makes him vulnerable to that style. Um, but um, it's going to be tough for him as he kind of steps up. But uh, give me Riddell here as well. All right, before we get into the pay-per-view main card, Kenny, were you looking for some clarification on Chris Tonyoni, the referee, as to how we're pronouncing his name? <laughs> it seemed like was there la- was some chat between you guys. Yeah, I was laughing about it just because, you know, you guys will always pronounce his name as Tonyoni. And then I think Bruce, Bruce says something different. Am I, am I incorrect no. on that? A lot of us are on different pages when it comes to Chris <laughs> Tonyoni. I don't know how many of us I have sought him mean, out. I just laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if my pits weren't stained right now, I'd say raise your hand if you have actually sought Chris out to get to the bottom of it, because I have. 
Right. So it's Tonyoni, but he has been ubiquitously referred to as Chris Tyoni for so long that he's okay <laughs> if people don't go with the correct Italian pronunciation, right. but mm-hmm. it is Chris Tonyoni. And yes. Buffer and I will uh will keep agreeing to disagree. <laughs> All right, Pretty pay-per-view well. opener, Dan Hooker minus 155, Claudio Puyas plus 135. So Hooker back to lightweight. He had that slip up against Arnold Allen, if you want to call it that, at featherweight in March. 20th UFC fight for the hangman. Kenny was in the building for his UFC debut in Auckland back in 2014. On the other side, Puyas has won five in a row, unbeaten dating to 2016. He has been on this podcast. He is still only 26 years old. But Bry. Yeah. Make no mistake about it, right? Yeah. Moments like this don't necessarily come around again, yeah. whether you're 26 or 36. Sure. Big moment for Claudio Puyas. Will the Peruvian prince seize it or no? I couldn't agree more. This is this is a huge fight. Regardless of Dan Hooker being one and four in his last five, he's got a big name. He's fought the who's who. Didn't look good in the Arnold Island fight, but he shouldn't have no business being at 145. I mean, he's a big kid. Well, so this 5-1 UFC dog walk Jordan Levitt. How do you feel about Jordan Levitt? Took Rootsmacher's leg home. Took Clay Guida's leg home. This kid slick on the ground. That Clay Guida knee bar was so quick and fast. Super impressive by him. Levitt, the Levitt fight, he, he had top control. He had good takedowns for a guy not coming from wrestling. And each time I've seen him fight, I've watched all those fights in UFC, his stand-up is increasingly getting better. And he's a big kid, too. He's, he's going to match size with Hooker. I'm actually surprised by the line. I thought Hooker might have been a dog here, and I was willing to take that Hooker shot, but Claudio's been on this podcast. The time is now. I think he literally needs to win this fight. To I mean, it's early, and I don't want to overstate it, but this is a big fight for him, for sure. And Claudio's been on this podcast, and guys that have been on this podcast stay winning, baby. They stay winning. Frivola's going to win. I already got the steamroller locked up. So give me Claudio here, I think by sub as well. I think Dan Hooker's all camp is the ground is lava. The ground is lava. Don't go there. But in these wild transitions, regardless of takedown or not, he can lock something up. So I like Claudio here for sure. If my deodorant was working, Ken Flo, I would grab what was my parting gift when I left ESPN in 2011 right now. It is an MMA Live collage, and it has this MMA Live curse. And it's the opposite of what you're saying. And yeah. for podcast, guys are winning. But there's winning, a time, man. as Kenny knows. Where Miguel Torres, Rashad Evans, Stefan Bonner, I mean, everybody who we had on our show was losing, except actually your boy Flo. But yeah, well, there was a time Flo's where basically different. anybody we had on yeah. MMA Live was losing. Oh. Their fight. Kenny, your father, Dr. Florian, is listening. You come from a Peruvian family. I know you right. love both of these guys, but we're going to need a yeah. pick. Is it going to be uh, Dan Hooker or uh, Lima Peru's Claudio Puyas? Oh, man. You know, listen. <laughs> I think that Dan Hooker is the kind of guy that has struggled as of late because uh, he hasn't made changes in his game. And that can be very problematic for fighters in this game because everyone's studying, right? The coaches, the fighters, all that stuff. From what I hear, Dan has changed up a lot of things, has, has uh, you know, acknowledged that he's had some weaknesses and is trying to make things better. Um you know, I assume he's going to be better. Um, I, I think if if we see the Dan Hooker that we've seen in pre, in previous fights, I think uh, Claudio wins this fight. Um, 
this is going to be a tough fight for him. I still think Claudio wins this fight, but it's not going to be easy. This is a huge step up for him. When you're talking about experience, that matters. Skill-wise, I think Claudio matches him skill-wise. No question about it, but experience absolutely matters. So I think this is a huge fight for Claudio to see how far he's he's come right since he first came into the ufc dan hooker is a tough out for anybody i think he's tough on the ground he's tough on the feet but for claudio he's gonna have to mix everything up and really be very clean in this fight um i'm, I'm gonna go with claudio as well unfortunately bp and i are, are kind of going tit for tat here we're just kind of picking the same fights but um yeah i like claudio here one thing john i would say this i would ask claudio again Please. I know it, this, the, the Saudi about the pronunciation of his name because I think it might be Poyas. Poyas, not Puyas. Yeah, so it is more of a Poy than a Poo. You're right. Claudio I, I, I would check on Poyas. Yeah, Poyas, Poyas. But, you know, obviously there's, there's different accents and stuff like that. But I, I would ask uh, Claudio one more time on that one. Yeah, we will. <laughs> if it was from Philly, it'd be Poo, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. As I am setting up this next fight, I want you guys to come up with a guess as to how much total octagon time Frankie Edgar has had. Okay. Oh my gosh. No man nor woman has as much octagon time as Frankie Edgar. He has spent a shit ton of time inside those eight walls. At Bantamweight, folks, Chris Gutierrez minus 205, 12th ranked Frankie Edgar plus 175. In all likelihood, this is the retirement fight for the tri state area native and New Jersey. Tom's River guy, Frankie Edgar. He made his UFC debut two years after Ken Flo did UFC 67. Wow. That was February 3rd, 2007. He beat Tyson Griffin that night, took his O actually. Now UFC start number 30 for the man with more accrued octagon time than anyone ever. Bry, how much octagon time for Frankie? And then we'll need a pick. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, Oh man, I think I, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to go low ball, you know, price, right rules. I'm going to go like four hours and in, in 47 minutes. All right. Now for your prediction, sir. Yeah. The answer, Frankie Edgar, FE strong, baby. I love Frankie Edgar. Listen, I was a BJ Penn guy coming up as a fan. And when he lost in Abu Dhabi or he beat BJ Penn at one UFC 112 in Abu Dhabi, I was very upset because I thought BJ won that fight. Lo and behold, Frankie became one of my favorite fighters because undersized those gray Maynard fights were unbelievable this guy seems like a great father great dad he's never had off out of the cage trouble you know what i mean and frankie i hope he rides off the sunset happy we well deserve one of the best in the sport as far as the matchup goes i think it's a pretty good matchup for him is, is a swan song here chris gutierrez undefeated in the ufc great striker calf kicks her son of a bitch his spinning attacks, he doesn't span them all that much. He sets them up really well. He knocked out Donna Baccarat in Vegas, or excuse me, in Columbus, which was a great setup. You know, I saw that live. And, you know, his takedown offense is 73%, but he hasn't really been in there with pure grapplers. And Frankie has to wrestle. He can't fuck around, you know. In the Cheeto fight, Frankie was looking pretty good, so he got kicked in the head. But that's kind of Cheeto's thing. Frankie needs to wrestle here. Frankie needs to put him on his back. Frankie's ground and pound on top. Cutting to that guard and even staying in the guard has been really good throughout his career. I mean, he butchered Yaya Rodriguez a few years ago, even, you know, Charles Oliveira a few years ago as well. Frankie is, is, needs to kind of go old school here and just wrestle because he's that, is that good? But I'm worried about the KOs. Three of his five losses have been like ugly KOs and I'm talking ugly boys. But, and there's always a but. Is MSG. I'm not picking against Frankie Edgar and MSG. Tom's River tough. Give me Frankie Edgar by decision. Nice little dog number there, too. Uh, yeah, give me Frankie Edgar. 
Yeah, plus 175 on the money line and certainly sweeter than that to win by decision, yeah. albeit probably not much higher than 225 or so, but maybe. Um, on the other side, you have Chris Gutierrez, Factory X. How is he not ranked, right? Lost Crazy. his debut in 2018 since he is 6-0-1, won three in a row, certainly going to be ranked and have that number next to his name should he come through as the favorite here. Uh, Ken Flo, total octagon time for Frankie Edgar, and who wins the fight? Gosh, uh, five hours. All right, ready for this, guys? Seven hours that? and 55 oh, minutes geez. and nine seconds. He'll pass oh, eight hours if this yeah. one hits the second round. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. That's crazy. Almost Way off. eight hours, man. Um, Ken Flo, <laughs> damn. Your thoughts what on beast. Gutierrez and Edgar and ultimately whose hand will be raised. Gutierrez is tough, man. Um, you know, uh, certainly this is the biggest name he's faced. No question about it. Um, you know, Frankie, of course, um, you know, in his last fight here. But I, I agree with Brian. He's got to take him down. Um, I, I think if he's able to do that, he can e either control him or potentially grind him out for a TKO win maybe a little bit later in the fight. That's, I think, his best bet, uh, just to be positionally sound, set up his takedowns properly, uh, and hit him. Um, so if, if Frankie's able to do that, I think he wins this fight. Uh, Chris is going to be dangerous on the feet, no question about it. His speed could be a problem for Frankie, uh, his feints. But I, I like Frankie here as well, man. It's It's... It's hard for me to cheer against a guy who from who's fighting, who's been fighting since my generation, right? Um, and who's accomplished all these things in the sport, things that I haven't done, you know, accruing what? I mean, almost eight hours of fight time now. That that's insane. Nuts. That level of durability and reliability and consistency is just nuts to me. Um, I, I think the legend gets it done here. I, I hope. I would love to see him. No, I, I don't know Chris. I don't, it's not against Chris, but again, to see Frankie go out on, on you know, on these kind of terms uh, at MSG would be tremendous. Yeah. New York News. They asked me for a quote this week, and I said, you know, there was a time when it felt like he was like the most beloved American mixed martial arts athlete, mm -hmm. like not since Chuck Liddell was an American fighter as revered as Frankie was there for a time, and certainly our version of Rocky. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm, you're right. Sure. In, the, in the UFC Hall of Fame uh, shortly after his career is all said and done. All right. As the Islam Makhachev era gets underway, I enjoyed saying that. <laughs> Let us get to this featured bout at lightweight. Now, it seems that there are rumblings that the promotion isn't necessarily hell-bent on making a fight between Islam Makhachev and Alexander Volkanovsky in Perth yeah. come mid-February. Perhaps the next championship opportunity goes to the winner here. Dustin Poirier, minus 175. Michael Chandler, plus 150. Three rounds, not five. Seems to be some misinformation out there. My fight card says three. Poirier, former UFC interim lightweight champion, maybe seemed to take issue with the fact that Chandler got fast-tracked upon arrival in the UFC. At least from my vantage point, that appears mm -hmm. to be the genesis of the friction. But of course, more importantly... This is a huge fight, as anticipated as any in 2022. And a uh, little curveball. We're going to leave with Ken Flo. You're going to or Chandler under the lights at Madison Square Garden in six days. So both these guys have, have had a history of being involved in some crazy fights. Um, I think that with Dustin, he's, he's a little bit more consistent as far as his ability to stick to a plan and look for a way to win. Michael Chandler is enchanted with uh, entertaining 
Um, and that doesn't always equal uh, success, right, at the highest levels in mixed martial arts. Uh, there, there's just so much going on. There's so many ways to make a mistake out there. Chandler is just a little bit too much of a wild card. Awesome to watch him fight. He's exciting as hell. I love his attitude. Um, I, I think the dude's an absolute beast. Uh, for Dustin Poirier, though, I, I think he's going to be a little bit more fundamentally sound. He's not going to be as emotionally charged heading into this fight. Um, has also proven to be extremely durable. This is going to be an awesome fight. This was a classic when it was when it was announced. But I like Dustin here. I think he's going to be a little bit more durable, a little bit smarter uh, in his execution here. You put it masterfully as usual. And I wrote down enchanted with entertaining because this enchantment with entertainment for Chandler has lined his pockets. Right. So there is some cerebral sense in it, Kenny. Mm -hmm. Right. And certainly on the heels of the Tony Ferguson knockout, if he finishes Dustin Poirier, and I don't think this fight is going the distance, by the way, which is probably the minority opinion. But if if Michael Chandler finishes Dustin Poirier, he's probably going to get a title fight. So I agree with you that he does seem enchanted with entertaining, even at times when he should not be. Um, I have no idea which way this one goes, Bri. What's your expert opinion? Uh, it's a banger with a capital bang, boys. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I don't know if this fight gets out of the first round. Both these guys get after it. Chandler's explosive and leads the dance, and Poirier is such a good counterpuncher. His left hand is sniping, and I think his best punch is his counter check hook. His check right hook, what he hit Connor with, what he hits a lot of guys with. Um, but Chandler gets hit a lot and proven that, you know, Chandler does get hit a lot and Poirier has proven that you don't want to get hit by him. The X factor is the wrestling. Let's not forget that Michael Chandler, even though this is MSG, even though he cuts a hell of a promo after the fight, this kid can wrestle his double leg, his power double leg is, is superb. And when he was in Bellator, a lot of times when his back was against the wall, he leaned on the wrestling, you know, that Mizzou wrestling. And uh, I think he's coming in shape. I think he's prepared for this. I don't know if he went to Florida for this camp. I think he stayed in Nashville the entire time. And I think he's just grinding wrestling. So I like that. I like that he needs to wrestle here. So I have written down Poirier because I think Poirier is too much of a sniper. However, I'm not going to keep picking with Kenny. This fight to me is a really good value play with Chandler. I think Chandler can wrestle. I think he has a big power here. Poirier, they've been making a lot of big deal about how Poirier has never lost two in a row or something like that. I think that's Jinx talking right there. Give me Michael Chandler. Let's mix it up, babe. I like Michael Chandler here to blow the roof off. And selfishly, I think Michael Chandler matches up better with Islam than Poirier did because I feel like we've seen that with the Khabib fight. Yeah, fair. Nicely done, Brian. All right, let's get to the co-headliner. Zhang Weili, minus 340. Carla Esparza plus 280 as she makes this first title defense of her second reign as champion. As many of you know, Zhang Weili won the belt in 2019, defended it in 2020, lost it in 2021, then lost a second time to Rose Namajunas before a sensational knockout of Ioana Jacek at UFC 275 in Singapore. That laid the foundation for her to get the throne back. You think she gets by Carla? Certainly the odds makers and, and the betting public to this point expect Zhang Weili to come through. Yeah, uh, the, what jumps out of me is it's why. And Carla typically gets disrespected by Vegas. She's always an underdog, it seems like, and she always pulls out the win. I don't want to disrespect Carla, two-time champion, unbelievable fighter. I know her last fight with Rose was very pedestrian. Let's all forget about that. But Zay, uh, Zong Wei Lee is a freak. Did you see her single leg Naganyu pick him up over his head? There's a 115-pound woman who is 
not only getting better, but getting more confident with her move out to Arizona. She looked incredibly impressive over Joanna. No one's ever done that over Joanna besides Rose at one time. And then on the Rose fight, she really made improvements and it was a very close fight. I mean, a lot of people could say she won. And I hate disrespecting Carla because I like her. I respect her. She's great. Uh, I don't think she sniffs a takedown over Zhang Wei Lee here. I don't think she's going to be able to hang on the feet. I like Zhang Wei Lee big here. I like her by KO and new, baby, and new. Yeah, Ken Flo, it's an interesting one. Certainly, Carla Esparza is the Menlo College Scholarship wrestler, and that has certainly been her bread and butter in the UFC. I did think she beat Rose Namajunas in what was one of the mm-hmm. more listless UFC championship fights of all time. Um, but John Wei Lee right now is minus 340. I wouldn't be surprised to see this close north of minus 400. Mm-hmm. The experts seem to be aligned on John Wei Lee in a big way. Are you on that side as well? I am. I, I think that... You know, Carla has one way to win, and it's going to be 25 minutes of taking her down repeatedly. She's not known for having tremendous TKO power. I don't think she's good enough submission-wise yet uh, to be a problem for Zhang Weili, who has been improving her grappling skills significantly. I I think that speed and power is going to be the biggest difference here in this fight. Zhang Weili has all of that. I think Carla's not quite prepared for the level of speed. Uh, and the fact that, again, Zhang is training with a lot of high-level wrestlers, training with Cejudo and all those people over there. Uh, she's she, Not only for this fight is it the right choice, but it's for the right choice for her career moving forward. So I think Zhang Weili gets it done and uh, she gets that belt. All right, let us get to the main event for the Undisputed UFC Middleweight Championship. I have waited for this moment on this show since this fight was announced I'm just going to lay out and listen to you guys. Israel Adesanya, right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, minus 170. Alex Pereira, plus 145. The kickboxing meetings were in 2016 in China. That fight went the distance. 29-28 times three to Pereira. Rematch, March of 2017 with a Sao Paulo-Brazil backdrop. Left hook in round three for the knockout for Pereira. No, it wasn't a left hook, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a left hook. Excuse me. Um, all right, Bry. Yeah, I'm gonna have you lead here. Yes, Adesanya Pereira. Which way are you going? All right, you. I've seen this before. I mean, it's over the top. It's Stallone action. This fight oh. warrants it. This fight warrants it. I am jacked to the tits for this fight. <laughs> I've wanted this fight since Adesanya signed the UFC. I, I don't follow kickboxing as much as I should, but I knew about this rivalry, right? I watched the first two fights several times, right? Uh, first fight, I thought Izzy actually won. I thought he had the bigger moments, but you know, I don't score kickboxing. Second fight, he was winning. And then fucking that Thanos gauntlet left hook of Alex Pereira will make you disappear. And that's exactly what happened to Izzy. Now, Izzy comes in the MMA and, he, and he's killing it. And everyone's like, oh, well, Pereira doesn't deserve it. He's 3-0 in the UFC, just knocked out Sean Strickland, who's undefeated at 185 pounds. And he's got two wins over him in kickboxing with all his credentials. Yeah, he's earned it. Okay, pipe down, people. He's earned this shot. This is what we all want to see, right? Izzy's had a problem with two guys in the UFC. Kelvin Gaslam, which was an absolute dog war, and then Jan Blachowicz with that with that weird style. Other than that, he controls fight. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against Pereira here because Pereira is such a good elite kickboxer. Kickboxing stand-up is a little bit different than MMA stand-up. There's more, there's different rhythms to it. I think Izzy has mastered the rhythm of MMA kickboxing because he's obviously, or excuse me, MMA fighting because he's been in it longer more. But Pereira has that game changer with the left hook. 
I'm going to take Izzy here. I love Izzy Adesanya. I think he's fundamentally better. I think, you know, we could possibly see a takedown if I can't say it with a straight face, but you never know. But I'm going to take Izzy here because I, I just think there's a pride and ego thing with him going 0-2. And, and I could spend another two hours on this fight because I'm so excited for it. But I, I just, I'm not going to feel confident. I am going to do a, a hefty bet because Izzy is my guy. And I'm going to be sweating the whole time because even with two seconds left in that fifth round, that fucking left hand can come out of nowhere. But I like Izzy just being able to control it a little more. Michael Bisming thinks that's going to be a little more aggressive. Izzy's going to get after it. I don't know if I see a finish happening. I just see Izzy being a little bit more careful, picking him apart, picking his spots. I think he has a speed advantage. The only issue is sometimes in MMA, and Kenny's going to talk about this. I've heard him say it before. Izzy, when he, when he gets out of the pocket, his chin is up in the air. And that's kind of what happened to Sean Strickland when he got caught with the left hook. I'm going to shut up now because I want to hear Kenny what Kenny says. Izzy by decision is my official pick. Ken, Phil, the last style bender, Israel Adesanya, really thrives under pressure, but he has put a lot of it on himself in the lead up to this fight saying, you know, this is the fight that I've got to have. And who knows exactly what happened in terms of the end of his kickboxing career and when he went full throttle into MMA, but Adesanya has never been finished in mixed martial arts. He has been wildly successful as a middleweight. Pareda was submitted in his pro MMA debut. Now, he wasn't all in in MMA at that time, mm -hmm. but he's won six in a row, a 3-0 and start in the UFC, has vaulted him into this championship setting against Adesanya. It's a huge, huge fight in terms of legacy and fan appeal. Um, I'm dying to know which way you're going. Pareda, Adesanya, who wins the middleweight title? Yeah, so when you look at kickboxing, you know, there's just not the level of kickboxing, especially in the higher weight classes. Once you get to about welterweight and above, in my opinion, it's not so high level. And, and, and it doesn't mean it's not impressive, but when you think about the greatest Muay Thai fighters, kickboxers, all the for me, as far as high level technique, you're talking about the lighter weight classes. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think as we talked about at the beginning of this show, you, you can throw out those kickboxing fights. I don't think that really means anything where it might mean something is, you know, does Israel get too emotionally charged and, you know, get too fired up and get away from his game plan? I don't think that's going to happen here. Let's look at their last few fights in mixed martial arts in the UFC. <clears throat> All right. So we have Andreas Michalaitis. You know that guy, right? Uh, Bruno <laughs> Silva. And then Sean Strickland. Mm -hmm. Now let's compare just like, I don't know, let, let's go three fights. Last three fights for Izzy. Jared Cannonier, Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori. Let's keep going. Jan Bohovic, Paulo Costa, Yoa Romero, Robert Whitaker again, Kelvin Gastelum, Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson, Brad Tavares, Marvin Vittori again. The level of competition, you can't even compare. Now, Pereira, is he a knockout threat? Even against someone like Israel Adesanya, there's no question in my mind that if he lands that nasty left hook, he can put Israel Adesanya out. I've seen a seriousness and a respect on the face of Israel Adesanya that I have not seen in a very long time. He's not trying to clown around. He's not trying to, um, you know, show off or talk shit. He has been all business. This has been like the most business like I've seen him since maybe his first couple fights in the UFC. He's taking this with a level of seriousness that is significant. Now, that all means nothing at the end of the day. Let's talk about some of the technique stuff. 
Israel Adesanya's footwork is going to be a problem for Alex Pereira. That's why I think Pereira is trying to get in Izzy's head. He wants Izzy to stand in front of him. If Izzy stands in front of him, if any man stands in front of Alex Pereira, you will get knocked out. Izzy has to move his feet, show a lot of lateral movement, stick and move. Um, for Izzy to win this fight, he's going to have to be perfect for all 25 minutes. I don't think Izzy – can Izzy knock him out? Maybe with a counter shot. Maybe he TKOs him. I don't really see that happening. Izzy's going to have to be perfect for 25 minutes. That's where I think that focus and understanding is coming with Izzy. Like That's why he's coming into this fight very serious. He understands he has to be perfect for 25 minutes. Herrera has to be perfect just for like one second. He needs one shot, right? Which is fine, well and dandy, but when you look at the level of competition that Izzy has faced, a lot of knockout punchers with um, you know, decent footwork, all that stuff, I think Izzy knows how to stay disciplined during a fight. And I think he understands the gravity of this one and how serious this one is. Um, Pereira is a big-time threat. Um, but I think where Pereira is going to struggle is with his footwork. He's a little too flat-footed for me to go, hey, this is a guy that is absolutely going to knock out Adesanya. Can he? Potentially. But for me, it's not a strong enough conviction uh, based on his footwork, based on his style, and based on his level of competition in the UFC for me to say he's the guy that beats Izzy. Um, so I like Izzy here. I think it's going to be tough. Um, but I think he gets it done. I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting fight on his part, um, but I think Izzy wins this. Do you nice. predict that grappling will be involved in the fight or minimally? I think minimally. Okay. No. I don't think either guys really want to be there too much. Um, I, I, I hear Pereira's grappling is not to be underestimated. Um, and I think Adesanya has been improving those skills tremendously. Maybe we see a takedown. Maybe we see some control ground and pound. But I don't think either one of those guys are heading into this fight thinking, I'm going to take this fight to the ground because I can submit that other guy. I, yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's my that's my sense. Mm -hmm. All right. If you want more from our handicapper, Brian Petrie at Brian Petrie MMA on Twitter. Oh. And of course, his MMA takes podcast locked and loaded. Sorry about the super slime ball parlay, man. It looked pretty good. <sighs> It was, close. I mean, 20 seconds away. This I would have had a dead, crazy. dead dog loser anyway, because I went, I went heavy on Marina Rodriguez, but it, it would have been nice to give us a winner for the people. But, you know, hey, listen, that's why the UFC and MMA is great. We're rebounding this week. 14 fights, 14 winners. Let's go. Talk to you next Sunday, my man. I'll Enjoy see you, boys. UFC 281. There he is, Brian Petrie, with us for the main event challenge. All right, before we get on out of here, it is time for the Mero Seconds. And Cody is clean shaven. He's got the gold VMG t-shirt. You got to send me one of those. That is tight veracity media group. So I believe you have already given out an NFL prediction for week nine and the games have yet to be played. So are you going to give another one? Or are you just going to remind us the pick you gave out on last week's show? I'm just going to remind you about the one last week because obviously we got games coming. And then when you're in town next weekend with your brother, we'll put it up on your story so that the fans can fade the Cody cover for the next week. Because feasibly, what our show will be Sunday morning. Play? The, the play is Vikings minus three and a half. Okay. Vikings minus three and a half at the Washington Commanders. Correct. All right. That's soon to be Jeff Bezos owned Washington Commanders. All right. So uh, I didn't have my best show today. I had to have left out several things. What uh, What did we leave out? Uh, John, your worst is most people's best. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself there. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, 
Bonuses at UFC's Vegas 64 went to Neil Magny for his win over D-Rod, which put him ahead of GSP, of course, with the UFC welterweight wins. Uh, Mario Batista for his triangle armbar submission win. Uh, Poliana Viana for her brutal KO at Gen Yu Fry. And yep. then uh, Tamides Vidal for her jumping knee stoppage. Did I get that one right? Was that close? Yep. Nice job nice. with the bonuses, too. You know, Nice to see Neil Magny get one and, yeah. uh, and Poliana Viana. And, you know, nice uh, to shine yeah. a little shine. And Mario Bautista is uh, a really good, humble kid. And uh, not a lot of triangle arm bars in the illustrious history of the UFC. So. No, no. Um, so we had Favola on the show, obviously, today. So good luck to Maddie next week. Can't wait for that walkout. But I wanted to draw attention to his uh, topology profile pick. I just ah, thought that that was yes. worth bringing up. Amazing. <laughs> so if yeah. he could walk out to that in that with the trumpets, I think that would be a very good... Uh, a good play for him. And if you're only listening to the show, it's Frivola in like a winter jacket, no shirt, and some fancy hat. So, a cowboy hat. Yeah. Cowboy hat. Fancy hat. Of course, it's a cowboy hat. Um, so a little bit of PFL news. PFL recently launched and announced the Fast Channel, 24-7 fights. You can watch PFL at any hour. So in, if you're sitting there, you can't sleep, John. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. You know, like you've gone to all your other vices and can't go to sleep. You want some Kenflow? You turn into the PFL Fast <laughs> Channel 24-7. You can get Ken Flow anytime. Oh, gosh. You want I me to give, hear my give, own voice. Give, uh, give another promotion my ratings for Ken Flow. Do anything. <laughs> I'll get a Team Florian tattoo if you want. Where? Where would I get it? <laughs> Don't you no tattoo bet. tattoo already? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, you're in town next week, so you're going you're gonna to force me? You're going to drag me to a tattoo oh, shop or what? Pay-per-view is a terrible time for me to do anything, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Not that anybody realizes that. Like, oh, John, you're being town. We're going to dinner. <laughs> I am going to Barstool Sports for the first time. That should be exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah. So That's cool. You should bring a disinfectant. Um, I don't get it. I'm bringing my twin brother, though. Yeah? No, it's a... Never mind. Seems like a crappy ah. place. Um, <laughs> so if, if I'm homeless next weekend, if I'm doing this show from the street or something like that, it's going to be because I put my rent check on Whaley Zhang to win by finish. I am... You guys know I'm, you know, my football handicap is not great, but when I got a read on a fight, I'm pretty, pretty locked in. I don't think that Carla lasts more than two rounds against Whaley. When Whaley comes out there and she's ready and she's ferocious, I'm not sure many people can stand against her. Rose can with her elusiveness, but Carla's not elusive. She's not incredibly flight of foot. And she always seems to start slow. She has that dead face, you know, in the introduction, like, I think Whaley's going to put a blitz on her, especially with the camp that she comes from. I think that's going to be the game plan. And in her last three UFC finishes, they're all under two and a half rounds. So I, I see Whaley going out there and putting on a performance and probably putting Carla out within, you know, seven and a half minutes would be my prediction. Yeah. Carla Esparza is an awesome human being. Two-time UFC strawweight champion. I will admit to being way off on this betting line. I thought John Whaley would be north of minus 500, you know, but um, I think we'll she see. should be. Carla's and if you guys wanted to uh, people wrong, so. In the YouTube comments, put the over-under on what my age looks like without my beard because I look like a fucking child. Yeah, I might have to grow that back. I mean, you look handsome as usual, but um, you look 16, 17 years old. So. Yeah, thanks. Ra me, and, me and Raul Rosas are uh, yeah, right. producing the pot. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cody, thank you very much. Don't forget AnnaFlorianPodcast.com for all of your merchandise needs, and you can check out anything relating to the podcast. Big things coming up in 2023. We were not teasing a non-announcement of that, I can assure you. Uh, also, KennyFlorianMartialArts.com continues to be live. And check out Millions.co. You can get merch for Matt, the Steamroller Frivola, and we also, within the last 24 hours, released our One More Sleep Designs exclusive for New York City and UFC at 281. Thank you to our guest, Matt, the 
Seamroll, Frivola, Ray Longo, and Brian Peachy. Our executive producer is Cody Merrow. And thank you all for listening, for watching, subscribing. We appreciate every last one of you. For Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. Until next week, enjoy UFC 281. We will recap it with you next Sunday, November 13th. Yo fucking later. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.